so excited. As I say, every time I bring a guest on, and I, I will repeat myself again, I only bring you the best guests. And this one, it's it's taken some time. <laughs> we've, we've had to reschedule numerous times. And what that always says to me is this is going to be that much more worth it. This is the first. Carl is the first CEO of a, of a fitness company, Jim, which is kind of surprising to me. So, uh, Carl, thank you for uh, taking the time. Carl Sanz, CEO of 24-Hour Fitness. Why don't you, you know, let's start. Let's start with COVID. I mean, you came in at, at a, a really challenging time, right, for the fitness industry. Yeah. So let's let's just start there, and then we'll we'll sure. follow. First of all, thanks for having having me on, and all the reschedules were worth it. So I'm yeah. I'm excited to be here. You know what a what a time to enter you know the fitness industry. I started in you know April of 2019. You know, it wasn't short. I actually started as the COO before I was the CEO. It wasn't short after that that you know we went into you know COVID and then for 24 hour fitness restructuring and bankruptcy. So it was it was trial by fire to say the least. <laughs> but it gave you an opportunity to stay grounded and rooted on what's important. And I think. You know, I know who I'm talking to. I mean, you know, you know, more than most, just how important your pre-existing conditions and mental and physical well-being, you know, proved to be in COVID and you know what a change it is for people as we move forward and you know, thankfully out of COVID. It's it's been an amazing space in a, a wild five years. And you know, what I love so many things about your background is you were a 30 plus year member yeah. for our fitness, right? That's that's rare that yeah. that person it, becomes a CEO. So talk about that. It's crazy. You know, it's it's uh, you know, I mean, I'm 53 now, I was 23, working out with my buddies, you know, Brian and Gerard, you know, in between sets, talking about what we were gonna do with our lives once we graduated school. And, <laughs> you know, who knew I was in the place where I'd end up being. So it's kind of a a pretty incredible kind of kindred spirit type story, but you know, gave me an opportunity not only to understand the company from the inside out, but through the decades of working out and how your needs changed, you know, from 23, what you're trying to accomplish to 53, what you're trying to accomplish, they couldn't be more different. So, you know, it, it helped me understand what it is that our members are trying to do and then how I and our team can, you know, enable an environment that best supports that. So we're the same age. So when you're working out, you have the big haired eighties <laughs> metal music. I, no, you're right. It is grunge bands. It's hard. It's it's loud. It's not anything that I want people to pipe in and see what's on my headphones. But yeah, <laughs> no, I, I like it loud and fast when I'm working out. It it makes a difference because it I'm sure you're no different. It helps me shut off everything else that's going on. And you know, I, I call it the best hour of your day. You know, you get to, you know, whether you're a you know, a parent. You know, family member, member of your community. You know, we all have all these different roles that we're responsible for, and you know, not very often you get time just dedicated to you. And you know, that's really what that hour is. And if I can get that hour in, I'm better mentally, I'm better physically. I don't think I'm unique in those spaces. I think that's true for many people. So what we really try to do is create an environment where people are able to do that. And if they like to do that by themselves, that's great. If they like, you know, access to fitness professionals, access to community, that's great. You know, the fitness journey's, you know, a very personal one. And, you know, we really like to do is have a suite of options available for people so that they can, you know, get the most of what it is that they're trying to accomplish. There's so much there. Let's just start the mental side. Like you and I, having been in this business a, a long time, people hear that, right? So they, you know, I, I always say the, the like, 
the quick response is, you know, I used to work out for vanity. Now it's for sanity, right? It's for my head. <laughs> so, I love that. I actually yeah. haven't heard that. I think yeah. it's exactly right. Yeah. And, and, and I say, Carl, like, you know, there's basically three reasons people go to your gym, people work out. It's to look better, feel better, live longer. And I would argue in our 20s, it's to look better, right? Then it's to feel better and then it's to live longer. But it doesn't yeah. matter the reason you start, right? You're going to get the right. other That's um, right. But, but as you said, with COVID and, you know, I, I studied a lot the, the psychology of all this, mm -hmm. um, we, we, we got to get away from the weight loss. I mean, obviously it's important, but as like, and it doesn't mean that, it, that we shouldn't be a healthy weight, but we need to just focus on feeling good from exercise first and foremost to start with, right? That's how it, may, it becomes a habit. Yeah, I think it's right. It's got to be enjoyable. And, you know, what, what I talk about is, you know, friction in the experience. And, you know, there's friction when you get started. And I think that's a lot of the reason that people, you know, don't stay committed to it, whether I was intimidated or I didn't think I had, you know, the right education or knowledge or I didn't know what to do or, you know, I was worried about my diet or, you know, maybe I just had, you know, I couldn't tell the difference between being sore and being hurt, you know, but all those friction points are the places where you know, people get started and they stop. So, I mean, I think the first thing to do is just you know, have fun. You know, get in, get moving, you know, meet people, engage in community. You know, you don't have to be refined when you start. And I think if, if you can just, you know, get moving, then, you know, you're refined as you go. So, you know, I always tell people, you know, if they're, if you haven't tried group exercise, try it. You know, if you, if you haven't seen a cardio machine before, give it a shot. But, you know, just the idea of getting started and getting moving you know, eventually you'll refine because that's what we do. We always try and optimize everything, but the first is build that habit and get in the, get in the club. Yeah. I call it a excessive moderation, right? There's, there, there's so many people out there that argue Carl to what you're talking about where, where, you know, it's gotta be horrible. You gotta be, you gotta get up to 5am. You gotta suffer. Right. right. And, and it's like, no. <laughs> right. And, and, and that guy, there's one in particular, I, I rarely use names, but He's not suffering. He actually enjoys that. If you made that exactly guy, right. let's, let's call him a runner. If you made yeah. him swim, he'd, he'd be tortured, right? Yeah. Um, and it goes to the study you and I read all the time that says, you know, what's the, the, the least amount of time I need to spend exercise? And my response to that is, if you're looking for the least amount of time you want to do that thing, you haven't found that thing that you're talking about that you enjoy doing. That's right. That's right. Yeah, there's all different ways of getting it done. You know, you can, yeah. you know, you can watch the news. You can, you can, you know, watch something on your device, or you can use media as a way of escaping when you're doing cardio, so you're not staring at, you know, the minutes and the time. You can, you know, like I talked about earlier, you can use group as a way to engage. You know, it is really difficult not to come when somebody says, "Tom, we'll see you tomorrow," right? And you know, it there's so there's some aspect of you know, inspiration and accountability in those relationships. So there's, there's lots of ways to get started, but it doesn't all have to be horrible. And you can't put yourself, and you know this, you can't put yourself to that extreme person. It's all about the best version of yourself. And I've seen what you've done in marathons. It's incredible. And, and I can tell you, I've had both knees done through sports injuries and my days of running are over, but there's a lot of different cardio that I can do that I do enjoy. So everybody can kind of find their way to, you know, optimize. And, you know, I think that's what's what's wonderful about, you know, fitness is you're trying to be the best version of yourself versus compare yourself to someone else. Right. And that's where a lot of that joy comes from. And, 
you know how it is. If you can actually see results and you can see movement, then that's inspiring. And at one point, the flywheel takes care of itself. But before it does, you really have an access to community, I think, matters a lot. And I think what you're referring to, and, and it's the, one of the hardest concepts to get across to people when you say the flywheel takes you know, care, care of itself. Th- there comes a point when it becomes enjoyable, That's like right. really enjoyable to the point, like if you said to me, you can't do it, you can't go to the gym today. And I do it all. I work out at home. I, we'll talk about that, but I would flip out. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the tipping point. So you, you explain to people, right. yeah, it's challenging at the start. It's a journey. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to try different things. That's, you know, again, what you dislike, you go, okay, how do I raise my heart rate? What type of heavy things do I like to lift? And then you can get to the food side. But it, there is a, a tipping point that's amazing. And there's no, it's like, yeah. riding, like once you get to that point, you're good. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. You know, I've got you know, three daughters and it's not too different from the first day of school, right? You, you know, you, you've got all this apprehension but then when you go in and you build a network and you learn the subjects, you you get excited and you know you're excited about learning some subjects you like less, some subjects you like more, but you find what it is that inspires you. I think fitness and the journey is is very much the same way. Like we may do entirely different things, but the outcomes that we're looking for are the same. And you know, like I really do like your vanity and sanity, because I think it's exactly right because. I can tell you my version of 53, it's all about sanity because right. it's, it's, it's my time to shut it off yeah. and it's my time to actually just enjoy. And that's what's fantastic. If you have three daughters, I grew up with five brothers. <laughs> Thank God I had two boys because <laughs> I, I, I would be in a heap of trouble. And you, you're Boston from the start, right? I mean, I am. Yeah, I was born in Boston, raised in Arizona. And then, you know, retail kind of takes you out to you know, California, I spent 30 years in retail before, you know, fitness. And so a lot of, you know, experience in multi-unit, multi-state, things of that nature, you know, the ability to really get clear on the type of leader that I wanted to be. And but yeah, big difference between Boston and California. <laughs> spent a lot of time in uh, college and it's a unique town. <laughs> yeah. Sure. What I love about you too is, you know, doing my homework research, you know, your Facebook page is filled with like, you're going out, you're going to all the clubs, you're, you're, you're in the mix, midst of it. Yeah. Uh, so the question to you from a CEO standpoint, I, one, you know, haven't done that. And I've worked with a lot of companies as a, as, as an advisor, Carl, mm. how much of a fitness person do you think someone in your role needs to be? I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great question. And you know, first of all, I love being in clubs and, and ironically, I usually travel by myself and it's not because I'm antisocial, but I'm a big believer in just getting in the car and driving. So I, you know, yesterday's just got in the car and drove the clubs and, you know, met with Ryan, the general manager and who had no idea I was walking in. He showed me around the club and we you know, talked about things that we we're proud of. We talked about things that we needed to work on and, you know, we think about how we build the business together. So that's a little bit about my mentality. You know, I think when it comes to fitness, you you at the very least need to enjoy, you know, fitness as a whole. So, you know, I was teased when linen and things, you know, existed. You know, I could never work at linens and things. If I was surrounded by folding towels all day, you know, I, I don't know what I would do with myself. You know, I would just hate the environment and you couldn't walk in and get inspiration and energy 
So what I love about this is that, you know, it's an industry that I'm inspired by and that gives me energy. I think that's required. I think, I don't know how you could fake that every day, every month, every year, if it wasn't something that you absolutely enjoyed. I think the other thing about it is that, you know, people want to see you participate, you know, so we do a lot of things when we get together in groups, you know, we do group workouts, we you know, talk about our fitness journeys, you know, you've got to be able to participate in that. You know, I can't compete with our 23 year old trainers, you know, that look like they're out of Greek mythology. <laughs> but but I but they do appreciate that I'm out there being the best version of myself. And they see me engaging in the work. So I don't think you can be void of interest and then show up in a way that's authentic and inspire your team. So I, I think you need a couple feet in the industry. You know, you can't stand up and change, you know, on a stage and say, you know, we're here to you know, change people's lives and have everybody saying, you know, you should start with your own, you know, <laughs> mental and physical health. So you do kind of have to, you know, be on that journey with your team members, with your members. I think it matters a lot. You should be right. I mean, so and that's one reason you're so successful, I'd argue, with in a, in a tough industry at a tough time, because I've just, you know, been around a bunch and you're like, they're, they're not. And I, mm -hmm. I think to truly embrace and understand it, especially with the diverse journeys and paths and fitness levels, it's it's a, it's a tough industry, as you know better than anyone. I cut my teeth at Crunch under Doug Levine, wait, you know, yeah. back in the late '80s, early '90s, and and that was it was it was interesting. And he was well, you're right. It's 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 a very small community, and and I've done a lot to network since I've been here. Your 24 hour fitness is interesting because a lot of people either are a member or been a member. So, but, you know, they don't lack a point of view around the company. So you've got to, you know, find your way to engage with those members. And a lot of other companies, executives actually started with 24-hour fit. So it's it's a very small community. And I've, I've worked diligently to network through that community. I, I'm proud to say that, you know, I, I reached out to Mark Mashroff. We started 24-hour fitness. We have a relationship. I was on the phone with Mark this week. He He's an inspirational and, and legendary member of the fitness community. And, and I'm proud of the fact that, you know, we've got a relationship and he is the founders welcome back at any time into our clubs. And, you know, I've met people at URSA and other communities where rather than introducing myself, you know, the first thing I've done is thank them for the company that they, the, you know, Jim Rowley is another one that comes to mind at Crunch who, who was one of the, you know, founding, you know, pillars of 24 hour fitness and deserves credit for that. So. You know, I don't want to come in not understanding the company that I run and not understand the people that built the company. So I'm very thankful to them and appreciative of them. And I think that goes a long way. It puts me at a point where I can grow the company with their respect and uh, me respecting them. And that matters a lot to me. I loved reading up on on him. On uh, what'd you just say? My name, name is Mark Mastroff. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like the Arthur Jones, right? And I love this yeah. About yeah. <laughs> Right, he's for real, but he's also he's yeah. he's incredibly authentic and genuine, and and you know if you ask him, you know he'll 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 share his point of view, and it's it's quite fascinating. So I think there's a lot that can be learned about the past as we point our way to the future. You know, a lot of it's not you know higher learning; it's it's you know inspiring and engaging your team members. It's finding a way to thrill your members and. You know, it's it's making you know wise business decisions for the company. You know, for twenty four, we had to get healthy from the inside out. We had to you know spend time 
you know, retraining our folks. We have to spend time, you know, investing in our clubs, which we've, we've begun to do. And we've got a systemic, you know, roll forward on how we're going to do that. Our clubs got old and they needed to, you know, get refreshed. So we're working diligently on that. You know, we got our prices to be far more competitive than they've been. You know, the combination of, you know, older clubs and expensive wasn't going to get us anywhere. So we had to get, you know, priced right. And we had to refresh our clubs and our members see us doing that. You can't, you know, pretend a single's a home run. So we haven't done all of them. So I'm not here saying, we you know, we hit a home run. I'm saying we're, you know, on first, we're round in second, and we hope to get hit home playing small ball. But, you know, that's the type of decisions that you have to make, you know, in these jobs. But it's it's been healthy. And you're, you're, you know, you're in a tough position as you're talking about price because it shifted. You know, back when I was at Crunch, all gyms were relatively, you know, 60, 70, 80 bucks, somewhere in that. There's no yeah. 10, 20, 30 dollar, right? No. And if you're in Manhattan, you had the expensive, you know, boutique, just the the start of boutique gyms. But, you know, you're in that middle ground. And that that's tough when you have the ridiculously inexpensive ones and then your CrossFit boxes, right, that are 200, 250. So just talk about that a little, because that that to me is like, exceptional that you can thrive at that price point. Yeah, you know, and I I really emphasize this through COVID. You know, first of all, if you if you and I know you do, but if we as a brand and I as a leader actually believe in fitness, then no matter where somebody's getting their fitness in, they're creating movement, you got to celebrate it. So you know people will say, what do you think about running on the beach? And say, look, you live near a beach and you can run, great. Right. And, you know, that counts if you you've got something set up at home and you can get that done. And that's your way of achieving that outstanding usually costs a lot of money, usually takes a lot of room. Not everybody has those things. But if you do. Awesome. That's good for you. You've got to embrace just movement. So if people are working out at their competitor and they're achieving their fitness goals, I've got to embrace that. Do I wish that they'd work out with me? Of course I do. But I've got to earn that along the way. And if you kind of look at the spectrum of low price competitors all the way up to the boutiques, it's a different set of things that people are trying to accomplish. If you, if you start at one of those low cost gyms, you know, great, you got started. You should celebrate that. As you look a little bit deeper, you'll find that there's a different set of equipment and amenities as you move up in price points. And, you know, whether it's, you know, free weights or dumbbells or, your platforms or squat racks, you're going to find that there's different things as you move forward in your fitness journey and you'll find out what you're paying for at the next level. And and then usually at the extreme highs, it's, it's something other than just the functional floor. You know, it's, it's amenities that are more around, you know, spas and spending, you know, days and cafes and things of that nature, which is incredible. But again, it's, you know, things that maybe a smaller percentage of people are interested in. You know, I like to say, and I've worked out at a lot of gyms, as I know you have, and you know our functional floor. I I I compare it to just about anybody. You know some of the surrounding amenities when it comes to what else you can do when you're there, and you know there's some people that just do an incredible job with that, and and we don't. But but I think in the middle tier with the amenity set that we have and the equipment that we have, it's actually it's actually pretty incredible. Yeah, I totally agree. I, and, you know, I was looking around at different uh, pictures, different clubs. And to your point, like, you know, big facility, the AstroTurf, like, all, you know, like all the fun tools, right? That, yeah. you, know, you know, and I think w- what you're explaining too, I, you know, met with some YMCA people years ago and they were struggling. And it was right when Boutique Fitness came out. And to me, one of the obvious problems was you're charging X and people don't want the pool. People don't want, they, they right. want to piecemeal it. 
And so right. I, I, you've done a great job of that with the pool. And, you know, I, I read some reviews of people who were like, you know, oh my gosh, group fitness, right? Yeah. So they were excited to be in that middle group, right? Yeah. And But but they're not paying for stuff. So you've kind of, you know, the world of boutique, you've kind of done both, which which is... It's exactly cool. right. We've got access to community. So group fitness is usually 20 to 30 people. It's choreographed. It's a, it's a heck of a workout. And if you've never done it before, you know, you, you get humbled. I know I was first time I did a body pump class. I started with one weights and I ended with a different set of weights because I'm like, this thing lasts an hour. Yeah. You know, so, so group fitness is great. Group training is right around six to eight. And we have offerings that, that are there a little bit more free flowing you know, plyometrics, free-flowing exercises, you know, kettlebells, things of that nature, you know, a higher degree of skill and in more coaching along the way, which I think is incredible. And of course, we have one-on-one personal training as well. So we do have a suite of services that, that you know, works for most. And, you know, the idea is, is, you know, if you're accomplishing your goals and you're successful, great. And then if you've hit one of those friction points or one of those ceilings, you want someone to help you through that, we have access to those people as well. And you told the story of yourself as a member using a trainer for the first time and, and realized yeah, the value of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he, well, I talked to him when I started because I had to call him and tell him I joined the company and he was <laughs> looking for a commission, which was incredible. But, you know, he did exactly what we want trainers to do. He built a relationship with me over time. You know how it is. Like I kind of always come in at six. You're always there at six. Eventually we'll say hi to one another, learn each other's names. And over time, he asked me the quintessential question, which is, are you getting done what you want to get done? And do you want any help? And, you know, even at 23 years old, I was like, you know what? I'm stuck. You can see that I'm stuck and I'd love to hit the next level. And, and he helped me do that. And, that's always been the model for me is what Jack was able to bring is, you know, not a hard sell, but, you know, the ability to get people started and engaged. And that's why, you know, we have, you know, at 24, you know, the ability for people when they join to meet with a trainer, which doesn't happen happen the first day or the first workout can because that can be overwhelming. But we want to make sure that we're there so we can help people with education. And if they do want some sort of a routine that can help them accelerate because you know millions of members and millions of workouts we've learned some things along the way and we can help expedite people on their journey and we'd love to pass that on to our members there's not many people that can answer the question he posed to you <laughs> no i'm not or, or yes i am <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> most people but i love that one of my favorite things was being a trainer just you know, and it was the grind. I mean, one of the gyms I worked at, one of the crunches, it was underground, the 59th and 7th. Yeah. Like I would get there at 5 a.m. And oftentimes I wouldn't leave till 10 o'clock at night. So I didn't yeah, see the awesome. sun. That's <laughs> awesome. Right? And it's, um, it's, it's, it's incredible how it changes. You know, when I started with the company, so, you know, at the time I was 49, the first thing, and you get training sessions as part of your onboarding. And so the first thing I said to the trainer was, don't hurt me, right? You know, because I'm like, you know, 26 years later, but as it turned out, what he was actually able to cater for me uh, was incredibly helpful. And, you know, what he saw as an example was I was avoiding my knees because I had ACL done on one, patella done on the other. And what he helped me understand is I had to build a muscle around my knees. Mm-hmm. And and then once I was able to do that, that I was going to, you know, be more 
functionally competent as I moved through my life. And, you know, that was outstanding. So 26 years later, same company, different needs, different, you know, point in life, but a great outcome. You you had a great trainer, (laughs) right? I mean, that's, that's, you know, luck to some degree, but also, you know, testament to well, it. I'm sure they gave me one of the best. His name is Ryan, but I'm sure they gave, you know, when the COO <laughs> starts, they don't, you know, put you with a new trainer. He was <laughs> one of the best, he's a great trainer up in Northern California. Is that right? Yeah. Where's it going to go with that? Yeah. Well, one of the tricky things, as you probably know, is, is retaining those people, right? And paying them enough. And there's the split, you know, and some gyms do it worse than others, depending on what side of the, of the uh, equation you're on. That's right. But retaining those people, and you know, you see the theft, they start taking money under the table. There's ways around that, but the trainers will yeah. find ways around that. So, so what do you do? I'm curious from your vantage in today's world to, to pay them enough, to keep them from leaving, to keep them from going to the person's homes, or just from stealing. Yeah, you know, you, you really got to talk to them, you know, because it's, and you've done it, so you know, it's an entirely different mentality. So, you know, the first thing you do is you, you try to optimize all the numbers because that's what all your experience does. You finally put that down, you sit down, you talk to them and you say what it is that you're trying to do. You know, most trainers, there's always the exceptions that, you know, break the rule, but most trainers want to work 15 to 25 hours a week. Most of them don't want to work 40 hours a week. And, and then most of them have a very clear point of view on the type of training in, in the, the actual programs that they're interested in. So then the idea is, is how do you get the right trainer with the right specialty for lack of better explanation to set up with their clients in a way so that's a match all the way through. And I think for the most part, clients, members actually want someone that has some aspect of what it is that they're going through. You know, so at 49, I need a trainer that understands joint pain, right? As long as you know what joint pain is, we're going to have a good relationship. If you don't know what it is, then it's going to be really hard for us to get on the same level, you know? And I think that, you know, being able to connect with a trainer and a professional and then allowing those professionals to connect with clients that actually, you know, are are clear on what it is that they're trying to accomplish. That's what it, what it helps. If you try to do the opposite and you try to, you kind of make it to where everybody has to do everything and everybody has to specialize in everything. Then the clients get frustrated and the trainers get frustrated, but you know, kind of freedom within the frame and in the ability to get clear on how you want to specialize and where you specialize, that seems to help a lot. So important. So important. And crazy that 15 to 20 hours, I mean, back in the day we were we were hitting like I think the, you know, we would compete trainers in crunch across all the clubs in New York. But the top guy was doing something like a hundred out. I mean, crazy numbers. We had those, we, <laughs> it, you know, but you know how it is. It, it's a different world. With, you can only uh, do it for so long. <laughs> labor regulations and overtime and, you know, all the other things that are in it. But, but we still have some of those, you know, we've got some trainers that, you know, wouldn't dream of, you know, working less than 40 and would be happier if they were working 55. Those still exist, but, yeah. but it's a little bit different than it used to be. Toughest question. So I wrote a book called Beat the Gym. And the first chapter is, you know, I was talking about that I would never own a gym. I did it for a very short amount of time. It was an interesting, you know, little boutique gym in Connecticut. But, you know, the model, especially not, not so much for yours, but it's still a part of the revenue stream. It is what it is, right? Is sign up and then bank on a certain percentage not showing up. Now, that's yeah. not my fault. That's <laughs> gym owner, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, we'll show up, but it's still there. So how do, how do you deal with that? 
I mean, I guess just yeah, just, you know, it, it's interesting because it's changed a lot since COVID. You know, because that that percentage of people builds up over time. You know, so you know it, it's you know for lack of be- better explanation, a froth over the top of the people who are working out is this percentage of people who almost forgot they had a gym membership. But what COVID did is it it you know I mean the industry stopped, the gyms closed, and it was like a great reset. And and now there's this higher degree of intentionality than you've ever seen before. So you see, you know, at first we were we were kind of you know. Uh, fooled by it because we're like, well, people are working out more than ever. Look at the average workout for a member. It's like, no, those are the members that have actually come back. You know, the averages will take care of themselves over time. So you are seeing those, you know, what was a predominantly young male person that if they ever left during COVID, you know, they were the first to come back. But then you see, you know, different cohorts of members that have started to come back, you know, active aging has come back in spades and you know, those classes are huge and yoga is huge and, and you see it start kind of going back to industry norms, although not back to the, the historical norms. So are there some people that join and, and never show up? Sure, there are. Is it is it anywhere near what it used to be? It's not, which is actually both inspiring and challenging in running, you know, right. an industry because, you know, and your smile tells it all. It's it's <laughs> it's inspiring that people are doing it, but it's a different economics when there's such an intentionality that wasn't there before. So you want to push them in the different, like we want you to go to the pool, you do group fitness, right? <laughs> to, to spread them out around the facility. Right, right. No, they're they're lined up on platforms and they're all Olympic lifting just everywhere they can. It's become all the rage. And I have to say, I love that. You know, we started talking about people being comfortable in the gym. I think that's where you first started talking about just, you know, some of the barriers to people exercising. One of my favorite things, you know, back in the day, the, the bulk myth will always exist for women, like fear of bulk. Mm-hmm. That has changed like crazy, as you know, with CrossFit and everything. And, and back in the day, you know, there weren't many women who would go to the free weight section. And at Crunch, it was a different section. And I would bring all my female clients yeah. at some point down there. I'm like, yeah. you don't have to work out here. You don't, but I'm going to teach you how to do all the basics right. So if any guy comes up to you and says, you know, can I help you with your squat? You go, I know you're hitting on me because exactly. <laughs> I my form exactly. is good. But yeah. I've seen that today, you know, and the, the saying strong is the new skinny. That That's a huge positive. And I'm sure you it's, it's, it's entirely different than it used to be. You've got, you've got, you know, women incredibly strong pound for pound, much stronger than men, you know, in, you know, powerlifting, looking to gain size, you know, just kicking ass as, as, you know, fitness comes and it is, it, it's, it's incredibly inspiring and it makes for a better dynamic, you know, because it's, you know, now with, with your body type, with your gender, you've got like a wider lane of what good looks like where, you know, when we grew up, you know, there was only one version of good and it seemed like we just couldn't get there, you know, and there's these huge, you know, men. And if you weren't like this huge guy or you didn't want to be this huge guy, it's like where you fit. But now it's so many different degrees of fitness. It's it's actually, you know, quite great. I love that one of the gyms I go to has about maybe six Olympic platforms. And at any given time, all six are women. Right. <laughs> That's right. You know. And I think some of the guys stay out because, again, the women, as you said, are oftentimes stronger. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's such a good thing. 
What do you see, you know, challenges ahead for you? Kind of a cliche question, but you know, you've got your competitors, obviously. I think I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit. I think it's your authenticity and your true wanting people to succeed, right? I mean, wanting your customer to get results. Everyone says that, but, but few, I think, truly give that off. Oh, I think it's exactly right. And it's still, you know, you get economies of scale when you're, when you're bigger, you know, like, you know, we lost clubs when we went through restructure. So we don't consider ourselves big, but we forget on a relative basis that we are still big. And, but it's still a corner by corner, you know, you know, business, you know what? I mean, it's, you know, some people, you know, that travel a lot, you know, take advantage of, you know, regional and national access, et cetera. But for most people, it's the gym down the street from me. And, you know, how do I feel when I go there? What's the experience that I get? Do people know my name? When, when you know, you walk in, do they say hello to you and great to see you? And, you know, is the gym well kept? And, you know, is the environment inclusive? I mean, those are the things that people are looking for. So you know, one of the things I like to say is that all small companies want to be big. But big companies have to go back and revisit small because, you know, when they were small, they were clear on how to grow. And then, you know, when you get big, you just you just get into different conversations about, you know, optimization and, you know, cost cutting. And you just you just lose what it is that actually made you you know big in the first place. Right. Right. One thing I love you said in an article, I believe, and this was really insightful. I hadn't thought about it this way. You said, you know. You had worked in retail and people maybe go in, in, in touch point once a month, whatever it is, a couple of times a month, maybe. Yeah. Uh, for gyms, it's like two, three times a week or more. That's right. And you were saying how I think something like painting makes a huge difference. So, so it's those little things that aren't little. Yeah. It's a different level of intimacy in the relationship. And, you know, you're I mean, 30 years in retail, you know, if you go, Know, during the holiday season, maybe the back to school season, then one other gift giving time, you know, whether for yourself or somebody that you care about. If, if a retailer sees you three times in a year, that's good. And, but, you know, here you're going two, three times a week. You're exerting yourself. You're trying to break through plateaus. You're putting yourself in, in positions of, you know, whether it's sauna, steam, you know, water, aerobics, et cetera. I mean, this is a, it's a very, you know, unique environment. All of our team members are trained, you know, in, you know, making sure that, you know, they know how to, you know, handle an emergency if one of our members, you know, you know, goes through, you know, some sort of, you know, need from a health perspective. So when you start thinking about that type of environment, it's, it couldn't be more night and day from running it. And, you hear it. You know, I remember my first board meeting like it was yesterday and they said, this isn't retail. And I was thinking like, why are you telling me that? And you know, like, you knew it came from retail. Why are you asking me that question or you know, making a statement? Six months later, I got it. Like, this isn't retail. It is a different environment. And, and you really have to embrace the differences if you want to be successful in it. It's, and I talked about it a little bit earlier, but it's a it's an industry that wants you to open your mind to understand it versus, you know, analyze it. It's a, it's, it's a great environment that work. And, and I think what you just said is, is, is really complicated, right? But simple, right? It, to listen. I think you talked about that. It's obviously why you go to the clubs and, and, you know, yeah, fitness is what it is. I always say a push-up's a push-up's a squat's a squat. It's never going to change. Yeah. 
it's the person in front of you, your trainer, your group exercise. You know, you're either going to love that person, hate that person, but you want to have a reaction to them. Exactly. But you're learning, you're out and listening. And, you know, again, it's all cliche, but you have to respond and be able to pivot and, and know even club by club, probably what the needs are. Exactly right. Yeah. So this, let's kind of wrap it up. This has been so great. Again, I, I, yeah, no, I appreciate this fun conversation. (laughs) I have so many stories I left out because they're for another time. This is kind of the meet and greet, and then we'll get into fun stories that I'm sure. A 24-hour fitness club. Let me say this. I wish they had had one in New York City. You don't have one in New York City, as far as I know. Not right? in the city anymore. Yeah. We're in the burbs, but um, like but not in the city. Yeah. Scarsdale, places like that, right? Exactly. exactly. So back when I was in the city, and my story is, you know, I was doing a lot of things, including fitness, but I was always doing some some arts type thing. I was doing stand-up comedy and, and, and waiting tables. So I would go. There was one gym, I'm not going to name it, like way downtown in Manhattan. I would like, you know, jump on the subway 3 a.m., and it was like as bodybuilder dirty, but like I loved it. Like I, I yeah. loved it here. But it was like the huge industrial airplane fan and yeah. just steroids and like just craziness. But that's not exactly what I wanted. So <laughs> right. <laughs> nice to have 24 hour fitness. Yeah, but, I think that yeah. the industry term is vintage, right? We call those vintage, you know, but they're, they're for real. I know the gym you're talking about. You do. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, sure yeah. it probably hasn't changed. I haven't been. <laughs> yeah. People don't want it to. One funny thing that, that struck me as I was, you know, preparing for this was it was a meme I had seen of a gym that had two escalators. Do you know where I'm going? I do. And I was like, it had to be Photoshop. And then we're going to do this interview. I'm like, wait, I think that was 24 hour fitness. And it used was, to be. So used to be, but it's a real yeah. the picture's legit. Yes. It, it, well, the the two escalators is is one of the first. Well, it actually was one of the first 24 hour fitnesses that was out there. And it's not a 24 anymore. Okay. But I but I know the club and I know the meme. And it's you know, it's the real deal. Like I get it. So for people who don't know, it's it's an outdoor escalator leading up to a gym where there's two escalators and a stairwell in the middle and obvious jokes off of that. I mean, I used to laugh to like a couple of New York sports clubs I worked at and equinoxes in the city, you know, people would get on the elevator to right. go on the stairmaster. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 quintessential. It actually made a magazine cover back in the day. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. let, let's end with this because I, I don't want to leave out. I know you fit kid or fit America. I was involved with them way back at the start. You have some partnerships, playworks. You know, I've written a couple books. I just self-published my first kid's book because I'm like, I don't want to deal with the publishing world. And it's so important that we start so young with these kids yeah. in, in the right way. I taught this thing called Fit Kids when my kids were growing up to spend time with them and, and be involved with kids. And I stopped doing it, Carl, because a bunch of the parents complained. They came and watched after school yeah. and they said it wasn't boot camp enough. Now we're talking, I kid you not, kindergarten and first graders. Yeah. And I was like, there's something called deliberate play. There's something there called- is. And, you know, sports psychology, if you would know it, you would know it. Broad question. <laughs> What do we do? <laughs> what do we do? Well, I can't take all credit for Playworks. Playworks was actually a relationship that existed um, previously with 24-Hour Fitness. I rekindled the relationship, which I'm really proud of. I, you know, it's all about, you know, purposeful play to your point, you know, recess. If you look at the statistics on recess, it's pretty unbelievable about how many kids 
you know, in America don't have access to recess, don't actually engage in play. And what Playworks does an incredible job of doing is bringing their team and businesses together to inspire, you know, play in people's day. And, you know, the first thing we had to do is we had to revisit it as a team. So we went through and we learned to play again and we played games, you know, as a leadership team. And now we've gone out to schools and we've engaged in it. And trust me, it's one of those things you're like, you know, do I have time to do this? Do I have time to go to a school, get out of my car and go play, you know, dodgeball or, you know, hula hoop for an hour? But, you know, I, I'm sure you saw the post, you know, I just, you know, went to a school and I like, it was one of the best days that I've had in the last year. I don't think I've laughed out loud that much. You know, I smiled, I high-fived the kids, you know, they they asked some brilliant questions, you know, from the mouths of babes when it came to what it was like to run a company, participate in a company, why are you at my school and, you know, do you have schools nearby? You know, it was even my own kids are like, "Well, why didn't you come play at our school?" And, you know, I had to say, you know, the difference between, you know, schools that exist in Los Angeles. So it it's brilliant conversation. It's outstanding play. And I, I love our partnership at Playworks. It's dear to me. That's awesome. And, you know, I kept saying we'll, we'll end with this, but I get the question often. I'm sure you do as well, you know, with connected fitness and gyms and, you know, the more and more people putting together their home gyms, you know, are gyms in trouble, whatever. And I would say I one of the main reasons I go to the gym is to be around people. That's <laughs> right. I, That's you right. Know, I like right. so low. You talk about like getting to show up at the beginning. Like I love exercising by myself too much. And then yeah. I love going to the gym, just the energy of that. And there's nothing like a group exercise class run by a phenomenal instructor. That's right. That has 50, 60 people, depending, you know, doing that same thing, you know, synchronized, just sweating. The best there is. So gyms are fine. <laughs> I, you know, exactly I want right. to go to the movies and be around people and laugh with movies. And I want to watch Netflix at home. It's not one or yeah. the other. It's both, right? Well said. Well yeah. said. And you appreciate the movies and the gym that much more when you're doing when you're doing both. Thank you so much. I know I'm kind of all over. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate the time. Thanks for everything. Have a great day. Uh, much success. And let's do this again. Thank you.